Welcome back to the Technician Academy podcast. If anyone's tuning in for the first time, we sincerely hope that you enjoy the discussion. Every other week, our host and ASC Master Technician, Richard Young, invites respected industry thought leaders and also the industry thought leaders of tomorrow to share their industry knowledge and to explain how current and future techs are being impacted by technological advances, technician shortages, and more. For this episode, we've invited shop owner Audra Fording and fellow industry expert Julia Lee to share their insights into current issues that the industry is experiencing. Audra Fording is the owner of Great Bear Auto Repair and Auto Body Shop in Flushing, New York. She's also the founder of Women Auto Know. Women Auto Know is a platform designed to educate drivers and also to improve the perception of the automotive industry. Our other guest, Julia Lee, started out as a service writer at Great Bear Auto Repair, and she's since spent some time in the Bay and is currently moving into the management portion at the shop. In the podcast, Audra and Julia stress the value of growing your own technicians and also how important it is to pursue an automotive career if you are someone who has a passion for the industry. We hope that you enjoy this episode. If there is anyone that you would like to hear from or if you want to throw in your own two cents, we're always open to suggestions and comments, so feel free to shoot us a message or give us a call. Thanks again for tuning in. Here's your host. Welcome to today's Technician Academy podcast. We're fortunate enough to have two individuals with us today from Flushing, New York. Uh, one, Audra Fordeen, the owner of Great Bear Auto Repair, founder of Drivers Auto Know, and the founder of Women Auto Know, and then a technician from Great Bear Auto Repair. She's not only a technician, she was service writer, and now she's moving into management. Julia Lee, welcome, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I, I'm excited. I mean, I've been thinking about this podcast. Uh, it's it's exciting to hear. First off, it's great to see a shop owner that wants their technician to be a part of what's going on. So congratulations both ways in that. Thank you for that. I don't think there's any other way to do it, actually. <laughs> well, you that, need to have your team be part of what you're building if you want to grow. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. So... Uh, first, let's talk a little bit about your history in the industry, Audra. Tell the listeners where you started and where you've come to. Well, where I started was at Great Bear in Flushing, Queens. I was a little kid coming to the shop with my dad on Saturdays. I think my mom was busy. She had something to do, so I would go into work. And it was in the early days with my grandpa and my father. Um, the Great Bear itself. Our location started in 1933. My great-grandfather started the business with his four sons, one being my grandpa. And we've been here ever since. We are here now. Um, this is going to be our 85th year. Same location. That's a, that's great. That's great. I mean, really, you started out as a toddler in the industry. So the perspective that you can bring and, and some of that perspective that you can translate to Julia is amazing. Julia, give us a little bit rundown about your history in the automotive industry. Well, for me, I was always uh, interested in cars since I was little, but I never saw a career with it. But three years ago, I met Audra. I got a job as a service writer at Great Bear Auto Shop. I love the history behind it, which is also what wanted me to work there more. And after learning all the things, as being a service writer, 
I was motivated to be more in the shop and more hands-on and learn more about the technology as a progressive. That's great. And so how long have you been there at Great Bear? Three years. Three years. I have been at Great Bear, yes. That's great. I mean, so the amazing part of this is the history of the shop and you know, like we were talking earlier, Audrey, the, the fact that you're servicing vehicles of great grandkids, that their grandparents brought their vehicle there. And it's an amazing story. It's, it's great. I can't wait to get into it. So tell us a little bit about Great Bear itself. You know, it's, it's, has it transitioned much in the last, let's say, 10 years? As far as direction is what I'm getting at is, have you changed the focus a little bit in the last 10 years? We've changed tremendously, and we've changed tremendously over the decades. As the automobiles are becoming more involved in technology, more electronic, um, we've had to keep up. And that's in the last 10 years, but prior to that, cars used to have carburetors. First, actually, they used to have a crank, if you go back to the 30s. And then we went into carburetors, you know, through the 60s and 70s and even the 80s. But come the 90s, fuel injection was a major player, and we all needed to make a transition. And where we stand today with the electronics and the hybrid cars, um, there's no way to be in this industry without keeping up with what's going on in technology. Yeah, and that's interesting. You you make that transition there of talking about, you know, carburetors, fuel injection, direct injection today. Uh, you know, I just got in reading an article about Mazda's high compression combustion engine where they're actually going to operate the engine without a spark plug. So, but, you know, being able to show that transition uh, and you talk about, Audra, the value of, of being able to move with that, move your shop in the direction of the shop with those changes is extremely important because I, having been in the industry 30 plus years myself, I know that uh, if I chose to not change and not learn about the new things, I remember fuel injection and uh, we were still... I thought that was gonna that was gonna end the technician. Uh, the OBD two connector was gonna end the technician's value, and you know I remember all that being thought about. But as an owner and an operator, being able to guide your shop through that. So, Julie, you in three years, how much have you seen it change, or or what's exciting to you about what's going on in the bay? Well, in the past three years, what I've seen change so far is that a lot of these vehicles and a lot of the dealerships, the manufacturers, they're trying to change everything into electric and autonomous. I know that's going to happen sometime in the future, but I don't think it's sooner. I think it's later than sooner. And what excites me is when we get a new problem in and when we have to program something and pretty much with the scanner a lot of people have the misconception that the scanner will le tell you exactly what the problem is but all it does is it guides you in that direction absolutely i, t I tell i do a lot of uh, community college courses and, and training to 
tomorrow's technicians. And I always tell them about, you know, that, that scan tool, that DTC is just like a GPS. It gets you in the neighborhood. It don't necessarily take you to the front door of the problem, but it gets you in the neighborhood. Pretty much. You know, and, and when it gets you in the neighborhood, the outcome, whatever the problem is, and you find the issue, you feel uh, like you overcame something great. It is. It's ab- absolutely. And, and I think that's what a lot of technicians feel is that, that success, that I beat that problem. I won. So yes. I, th- I think what a lot of technicians look forward to that. Would you agree with that, Audra? Oh, absolutely. So I, I was going to ask, does Great Bear now, do you focus on a specific vehicle or makes or, or are you just whatever comes in the door? It's whatever comes in the door. And we have subscriptions to many software tools and to manufacturers' databases so that we can provide that service for all kinds of vehicles. However, we do like to have people who are specialized in specific areas. You know, somebody might prefer to do the electronics or the diagnostics or troubleshooting. I, I, I have another technician who's more into um, you know, just changing parts, um, specializing in brakes, doing more mechanical work than the electronics. Right. Then we know who to the work to. Yeah, absolutely. So they're working together and one person has more of a passion in one area. And we like to give that person that work so that they can feed what's making their job enjoyable. And, and that, that adds to the productivity of the shop too. Knowing what, I mean, all of us as a general rule, the technician a true technician can repair about anything on the vehicle, but there are certain specific things that they, they like better and being able to know those items and be able to focus and funnel that work to that specific technician just speeds up the the time in the shop and and makes the shop more productive. Absolutely. It, It also contributes to that person's quality of life. They feel better about what they're doing. It makes the job more enjoyable. And that also adds to, shop production yeah yeah absolutely they they enjoy their enjoy it more yes so real quick not necessarily real quick take all the time you want because i'm excited to hear about it but audra tell us about women auto know and drivers auto know so women auto know was born out of a need during the great recession of 2008 women were scared and so was i i was at risk of losing my family business and, you know, initially, during, like, my younger days, I-, I thought drivers were just crazy. They would come in for one problem or they'd omit information, you know, if they went somewhere to have their car fixed. And then they would come in with a problem but wouldn't tell you that they had previous work done or they would, like, leave out information. You know, we were just, Julie and I were just talking earlier about, um, you know, if you had a cut on your hand. Yes. So you're going to go to the doctor and you're going to say that it's a cut on your hand. But you're not actually being specific, telling them that it's coming from your thumb and you have a gash that needs stitches. You know, they're like afraid to share information. So that was kind of the the inspiration for Women Auto Know is kind of empowering that that individual that was a little nervous about coming to the repair shop. Helping them to pinpoint, helping them to actually be in tune with their car and trust their instincts about what they're feeling because it's real and if you can communicate that information then you're saving a lot of time and money because we're able to now assist you much better we don't have to start scoping around and you know guess 
where that problem might be because you already have the clue. I don't know if they're kind of doing like a little bit of a private investigative work. You hear a noise coming from somewhere, and now you just have to figure out where it's coming from. But if that driver can tell you it happens every time I accelerate and I'm going up a hill, or that happens every time I'm stopping or I'm sitting at a stoplight, then we have enough information to at least explore the right areas and not waste your time going in different places. So their information is key. But when they're scared, they don't want to share that information. Women ought to know, broke it down, and we changed the way that we talked about the car. Instead of having this high-tech language, we correlate the car to the human body, and we broke it up into eight essential systems. And each system correlates the car to food, sex, and money. So when you start talking about it, we're, we're, we're people, right? We're smart. And when it makes sense, it just kind of clicks. And, and that kind of empowerment gave a person the confidence to communicate more clearly and share what they know about their car so that the doctor could stop um, the technician condition. And it started off like a triage, and we were doing these workshops once a month. And the, the, the noise from the, the cars started to get quiet in people's minds because now they were able to communicate better and meet their needs. So how many, how many people did you have in the workshop doing this once a month? Wow. We have done over 2,000 workshops. Wow. Tremendous amount of people. Absolutely. So, so drivers ought to know what's what. Tell us, tell the listeners about that. Well, drivers ought to know is the strong arm for women ought to know. And it's because we don't segregate. And there are drivers, men and women, who need information about their cars. We're all on the same road. So, drivers ought to know has developed a new job position, which I don't think is really a new job position. I think it's just revived. Um, and what I mean by that is that back when I was a kid and the local auto shop had that go-to person, you know, you're always bringing it over to Rich's auto shop or you bring it over to Audra. There was a name attached to the shop. You know, it was personal. Over the years, once fuel injection came into play and we put the hood down, people stopped having that relationship with their cars, with their shop. Because they kind of have, we're under this, this false impression that it doesn't need anything. So we created this new job position, which is a person-to-person advisor. And that is the go-to at your, your local auto repair shop. The person who now can be the influencer in the industry and your community who is committed to giving the best education and marketing tools to reach, connect, and grow their local market while making our roads a safer place. I guess it's like my dad and my grandpa used to be. They were person-to-person advisors. I am a person-to-person advisor. And that job position that was lost, replaced, I guess, by Google, is desperately needed because people don't feel that they have a person to go to anymore. Well, you you saying that makes me think of a question I, I want to ask Julia. I mean, with the industry and and you being in the technology and, and your generation is obviously more in technology than what my generation. I can't speak for Audra, but you know how how does that affect 
how you see customers interact with you as a service writer or, or being in the management side of the shop, how do you see that difference in, in the age groups affect their interaction with you? Well, I definitely see difference in the age groups, like people, the millennials, they kind of understand what you're talking about, but the other people, they don't really understand. When I tell them that their car has X amount of computers and how much they have to ride their car for the computers to be ready, they have no idea what I'm talking about. So it does play a big factor. Also, I had a customer come in the other day. And I told him he doesn't need an oil change because he doesn't have an engine. It was a full electric vehicle. He <laughs> couldn't process that. You know? <laughs> oh, and I, I can't make that up. And it is what he bought, but uh, they don't understand. It, it's just like the phones, I would say. Back then, everything was a flip phone. You couldn't touch a screen. And all of a sudden, everything integrated to iPhones, touching, tablets, everything. So and both of you seeing it from different aspects, I know having been in the industry as long as I have, I know that this industry really uh, until recently and, uh, and it's a perfect example of the three years you've been in the industry, Julia, but until recently, this was, this was a relationship based industry. We had a repair shop that we trusted and we took our vehicle to. And that individual, like you said, Audrey, is the, is that the old sage that everybody went to to ask a question uh, that had a question about the vehicle, and, and that that has been, I think it has been misplaced. Some I hadn't really looked at it that way. Yes, and it has the hood went down, and people became focused on the cost of the repairs, and thought that we are in a sales business. But we're not. We're, we are in the service industry for sure. And and heavily in the service industry. I mean, obviously, we have to sell labor and, and parts to stay in business. But uh, if we don't have the service, the customer service, taking care of that customer, and, and even, you know, you mentioned the millennials, Julia, if we don't find a way and and i think some shops are doing that uh it sounds like your ear shops working at that and and doing that too if we don't find a way to make that connection um i'm concerned about how that interaction is going to be completely lost i have a few ideas and i think that if we don't get on to having a person-to-person advisor in the shops for people to go to amazon and ebay are seeing it as an opportunity to automate our industry. However, when your car breaks down, it becomes like urgent. You know, right now you need service, you need attention, you need help. And that that gap of bringing it into automation because there's a gap is where the the shops can actually thrive because we can excel at that person to person and make a difference. You don't, you don't want to talk to a computer when you have a flat tire or your car won't start. You need help. Yeah, and I think uh, my daughter, she's off and she lives about three hours away and, and she had a, an issue with her car. Of course, I didn't, couldn't run up there and look at it. But for her, she's a millennial. Uh, I think the phone is attached permanently to her hand. But the thing was, she 
wasn't comfortable with that automated service. She was looking for someone. And, and I think that could be said about a lot of the millennial generation. They're used to working with technology, but they still, whenever it comes to certain items, and maybe she's just the unicorn of the, of the industry, but you know, they still like that personal interaction. And having a shop that has that for the customer or, or having a service like that, I think is very valuable. It's also an opportunity for you people who are coming into the industry because you're learning about the soft skills and in the customer service space. So if you're uncomfortable, you're not sure, but you know that it's a field that you want to go into, it's a good starting point, especially since we all also need that. We're looking for it. You know, there's such a shortage of people in the, in the field. And like we were talking earlier, you know, in, in the Midwest, you'd think that there's, you know, a problem that you wouldn't have it in New York. But we're definitely having the same problem here. We just put an ad on Facebook that we're looking for a technician because the influx of people coming in is so small. And that's that's what was I mean, and I made that comment to you in conversation before before we started this episode and and you know, I'd seen where you were advertising for a technician for your shop. And, you know, I'm in the Midwest, we see a technician shortage. And through our discussion, you, you do too, even though you're in a lot higher populated area, uh, you're seeing the same thing. Now, I do want to interject a question there, and, and I'd like both of your feedback on this. Is there a shortage of true technicians or is there a shortage of people able to turn a wrench? Because I personally don't believe there's a shortage of people that have an ability to turn a wrench but I do believe there's a shortage of true technicians. Right. Right. If you can turn a wrench, you, you can turn a screwdriver. You know, you, you can turn a, a drill and a, and a toothbrush. If you like it and it, you float your boat, then that's the, way, that's, the, that's the road for you. Doing what you love, if you like to turn a wrench, then it is the right field. Because you're going to be happy doing what you're doing and you're good at it. You want to put in your time. You want to make yourself better. That, that's how we're hiring now. Because there's such a small pool of people coming in, we're hiring on the right attitude. If you're the right person and you are coachable and trainable, then you should absolutely be in the field. Because I'm not the only shop who is taking that approach. That's the time called desperate medicine. Yeah. So, Julia, what's your opinion on that? I mean, in the short time you've been in the industry, I keep saying short time. Three years isn't a short time, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, compared to you guys, yes. But uh, I, I think it's a little bit of both. You know, some people, they can just turn a wrench, but at the same time, even though they can do that, you still don't want them necessarily to just be a parts changer. Especially with what we were saying, how the industry is progressing, everything is becoming more electronic. And there's no more carburetors. So it can't just be parts changer, people that's turning wrenches all the time because you actually have to do the diagnostic and troubleshooting, which is more of what is the problem now. And finding a true mechanic too, that, that also is hard. There is a shortage of that. You know, you really do have to love what you do. That way you're happy. And that way everyone's happy and we can be a happy team. So... Do you feel, I mean, both of you, do you feel it's best if you find somebody that's got the aptitude to do it, the interest in doing it, is it best to try to grow your own? 
Big yep. time. Bring them in. It takes time. Everyone starts somewhere. I started somewhere. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, were you, and, and you don't have to say, but were you interested in that this type of work prior to three years ago? I was always interested in cars, but I never saw a career path with it. Ever. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, that's good. We do have a shortage of technicians, and, and that's one of the things uh, we here at Technician Academy really try to focus on trying to help solve that. Um, and what's interesting is is when we go into these community colleges and talk to the students and, and put on a – we just got done doing a, a lab scope course for a group of students, and, you know – some of those students are there, and I'll talk to the instructor prior, but they're there because they were told they had to go to college and they just put them in the automotive program. Uh, and then some of them really want to be there, and it's easy to see that difference. Prior to, whenever I put a lab scope in front of them and turn it on and it's hooked up to a waveform, you know, even those that are just there because they've got to go to college, they get excited about that. So I could definitely see, uh, you know, if they've got the aptitude and, and soft skills are extremely important, but, um, you know, being able to grow your own. Is that, I mean, do you see that more and more in your area? It's survival. If we don't grow our own then we're not going to continue to grow as a business. What, the, what I see the students are learning in school is only a part of actually being in the grind. And we're growing our own. Okay. There's, a, there's, a, there's, a, there's a shortage, but why there's a shortage? You know, I, I believe truly that when the kids are in school and the, the senior guidance counselor for guidance and they share what interests they have, perhaps they're not being um, exposed to all of the great opportunities that are out there. And automotive being one of them because it's a lucrative business. You can make a lot of money, you make a career out of it. And again, if it's what you love to do, then you will have a good quality of life. Like you, you know, taking out the lab book and all of a sudden you see who's getting excited and who's not. I wonder who was steered into automotive as opposed to being heard when they had a different career that they dreamed of for themselves. Yeah. So you hit on an interesting thing. What do you think? I've been hearing, and you probably have too, for the last 10 years, oh, there's a shortage of technicians. There's a shortage of technicians. And and I, and I I like I said earlier, I don't believe there's a shortage of um people able to turn a wrench, but I believe there is a shortage of true technicians. What do you think started that? Oh, clear. Clear as day. The perception hasn't changed. The industry has come light years from where we were. You know, and again, I'm going back to, I remember the carburetor. So aging myself, and I remember so clearly that we were dirty. You know, we were, the cars were always breaking, and, and there were, there was, um, Deception. So people perceive our industry as a dirty, lying, unethical career choice. But not it's not true. It's only what people, you know, were, were lead to believe. If you look at the, you know, the TV shows, when you see a dirty mechanic, there's always some kind of a drama 
situation that happens in the movies involving automotive. And that perception is what is making it not desirable. But the career itself is, is, is it's passionate and, and it's real and, and it's making a difference. And it's the excitement of being able to accomplish and overcome. And I won, you know, when I, when I fixed that. Yeah. And, and that, that's, again, it's back to the fire from within, knowing what you want to do and not allowing, at the moment, society to impact you. Because you can turn a wrench, you can turn a wrench. I... I tell the students all the time that, you know, this, we're not Gomer Pyle anymore. Uh, you know, we're, we're not that guy. We're, uh, we're the, and, and I had an instructor years ago and this has been years ago, but, uh, automotive instructor, he told me one time, he said, you know, these cars are going to progress to the point where we're fixing them wearing a lab coat, rubber gloves, and a, and a mask. Yeah. And, and we're getting very close yeah. to that. And in some applications, some, depending on the, the system, we really need to be at that level. Um, so, Julia, I, I want to ask, is that the perception you had of the automotive industry four years ago? I didn't really, well, I would say partially only because if you don't progress with the automotive industry and with all these changes that are being made and happening before our eyes and you don't adapt to it, you're going to get left behind in the dust. Very true. So ideas on solving it. I mean, from a shop owner, from, from your position, Julia, what's your ideas on ideas of how we solve this? Well, some of my ideas, one of them I would say is to, for uh, Great Fair, we're, uh, sorry, it was, we're a pledged auto shop, Women Auto No Pledged Auto Shop, and we do PP workshops too. So people, as you and Audrey were saying before, that there is no relationship anymore between the auto shops and the drivers. For this, they can build a relationship and also still know what's going on with their car and what to check. And no matter what, all cars will have steering suspension. If the car is a 1940 or a 2018 car, it's, it pretty much still has the same system. Still has the basics. And, and, and I think you hit on a key point there is, is creating that relationship again because some of those relationships are with parents of, of future possible automotive technicians. So that's, that's great. Audrey, what's your, how do we solve it? Well, I'm going to have to piggyback off of Julia because that's what's working here. And he is the person-to-person advisor. And doing workshops with drivers, with their car, getting them into the car, showing them how to open the hood, kind of like Dad used to do before Google. Um, it breaks down that uncomfortability, and you can um, create that relationship where we become about service where we were supposed to be. Right, right. You know, and with that, it's also, um, it's great for the community because we are making the roads safer and it's a good community service all around, which is putting the, the perception of our shop, rightfully so, in a positive light for the people in, in the community that we do want to be of service for. Right. And showing, again, building on that relationship. I mean, obviously, 
from being in the same location since 1933, you have a relationship built, but over time, and, and in, that's the reason why I said in the last 10 years, that not of your doing, not of anyone at your shop's doing, but from technology and the ease of information, that relationship has eroded over the last, especially the last five to six years. It depends on the approach. The car still needs service. Being the service provider, being known as the go-to, doing the workshops and being part of the community doesn't let it, um, well, well you know, every business goes through, it, it changes. It, it doesn't have to be a downside. You know, when everybody's slow, sometimes I don't want to talk to a lot and say, you know, we're doing all right here. You know, everyone's complaining out there. So something is being done right. And I believe wholeheartedly it's because we stuck to the traditions from the previous generations and put service at the forefront as well as treating the the car like um like the respectable possession you know that that it is it it, it matters and people know when you care which supersedes everything else and by providing training in-house we know what kind of cars we're fixing and that gives us the edge uh, with, with communication, just to be really clear. So that all around is, is I think it's the trends. I think it's the shift. And it's, it's do or die as far as an industry, because across the country, we're all complaining about the same thing. So something completely different needs to happen as, as a unit, not, not just my shop and, and your shop and what's going on at this school and that school. But really making a unified difference for the benefit of our needs as a shop, which in turn is going to meet the needs of the drivers in the communities that we are serving. First, it's a person advisor, you know, put in, put in that piece. And what's happening here in New York is, you know, is, is, is a nationwide epidemic. There's a shortage and it, it has to shift. We need opportunities. You know, it- a couple of things there you said. One thing is you mentioned the, the entire industry. And and I don't, I'd like to get your opinion on this. I'm not sure that the industry has been very good at showing that unified front. Uh, and that's something that really needs to change. Right. Otherwise, Amazon's going to do it for us. If we're going to keep sitting back like this and not get together on some moral stand, be of service for people. We're going to get knocked out. They're doing it. They're, they're testing it. They're showing us. It's do or, do or get out, really. Yeah. Otherwise, get together. And if, if we're strong enough to get together, then we'll be strong enough to pull through and save save our industry, save, save the industry that I love. Uh, absolutely. I, I, it's been a great industry for me. I, I look forward to, to dealing in it and, and being in it every day. So what would be, and, and I want, both of your input on this, what would be your advice to a young person that's kind of semi-interested in this industry? What would you tell them? So, Julie, I'm going to say that that's, that's on you because I, I, I'm going to say it again. <laughs> <laughs> love what you do. Yeah, seriously. Do what you love. Love what you do because it's better to be happy and make money than just be grouchy and make money. <laughs> and everyone can see that they're friends if you're happy or not. Do what you love and do what you do, and 
Yeah. Well, and then that's very true. And and that's the thing. It was seeing those individuals, young people that have the talent and maybe their counselors or maybe their parents are pushing them towards something other than this industry, but being able to show them a career path. And, and Julie, I, I think your story uh, of being in the industry three short years, but you are able to speak to them in a way that uh, they should be able to relate to, you know, because I think what a big issue with this industry is we don't show a career path. We show, oh, you can be a technician and you can be in the Bay. Well, you know, some people may not want to be in the Bay their entire life or, uh, you know, they're better suited for parts or management or, you know, service advisor, service writer. Uh, I think showing them a career path is extremely important. And you mentioned it, you know, Julie, that you're not you three years ago, you didn't really see a, a future, a career in this industry. No, I, I didn't. But what I noticed now is uh, for our students or anyone that is in this, uh, interested in this industry is that there is more than just being a service writer or a technician. There are so many uh, fields still open. There are so many other job positions that fit in this. It's not just be under the bay or be in the office. There is yeah. more to it than that. Yeah, we're not all we're not all equipped to be the A tech. Uh, we're not all equipped to be the the go to parts counter person. You know, uh, we are individuals, and and we have individual talents, and being able to show people that this industry has a spot for everyone's talent. Uh, you know, that it, that's an amazing part. Um, now. One thing I, I do want to ask, and I, this this podcast is listened to by um, shop owners, uh, community college instructors, and and students, uh, some C level people within the automotive aftermarket. But uh, how important is it? And, and I really want to stress this: how important is it for that person? that has the aptitude to have good soft skills, uh, some vehicle knowledge. If, if you're going to grow your own technician, is are those things that are important or do you feel that if they have the aptitude and the ability to turn a wrench, can you, can you guide them through those? Yes. And how important is it? If you're going to talk the talk, you better be walking the walk. You know, <laughs> that, that, that's for sure. But Again, if you if it's what you're interested in, you have the talk, and you're interested to get the information. So you're out there doing the research. You're, you know, you're watching the videos. You're you're looking it up. You're you're reading about it so that your skills are sharper. Um, but it, here here we're going to go back to the basics. Yeah. If you're just getting your foot in the door, then from from two different perspectives, to be able to open your own hood. To be able to check your fluids, to be able to, you know, be able to check your tires on your own and just have that basic is a great start. And what we're doing here at the shop is using uh, a parts list. And uh, the eight essentials, which are categorized into eight different essentials, each one is itemized in the parts list. So that new person or the service person 
or um, to have a conversation with the, with the customer and take this booklet of all the parts and the definitions and what essential it relates to, whether it be your respiratory system, which is the filters on your car, or your gotta have heart, essential number two, which is, you know, your starting, charging, battery system on the car. Now the person can read it as a definition and see what the part is, which reinforces the person is giving the information. So it's saving faith for the uneducated. It's educating those who want more information. And it's still, re, um, you know, keeping that the, the high achiever in, in a comfortable position as well. Right, right. How important is those soft skills and those those abilities for you, Julia, in the Bay? Well, that is important. Uh, not only that, but we integrated something into our system where whenever we're replacing parts on a customer's car, we would have to take a picture of the old part and also the new part. So when the customer comes in, we would show them the difference because obviously they wouldn't know the difference between left and right which is good and which is bad. So we would highlight it and mark it and show them exactly what happened with their car so they understand more and they know more for next time too. So educating the customer. And it's Yes, educating the customer and you could also build their trust that way. Yeah, very good. Is there, I mean, I deal with a lot of aftermarket manufacturers and, and different companies. Is there a way from a technician standpoint or a shop owner standpoint that the industry, that aftermarket industry, that big wheel can help you in, in solving this shortage of technicians. I, I, I think the, the best support is to have, have, have this, have them use their advertising for community service to change the perception in a huge way how people are feeling about their car, you know, not, not where you're have somebody going to the parts counter and going, well, my car's going click, click, click. And you feel like a fool, like it's a funny commercial, you know, or the night closes where this guy's having a nightmare because he has to bring his car into the auto repair shop. And then the, the technician is wiping greasy hands all over the drapes that are, that are covering the windows. I mean, to change the, the, the perception and the marketing on, on the on the grand scale and promote your stuff, promote promote con- consumer education. So educate the customer about the industry. Yeah. Quit scaring us. You know, quit scaring the, the population. Even if they don't see it, they subliminally they, they saw a piece of it. Yeah, that's that's a very good point. And so I've taken up both of your time, and and there's so many topics that we. M- mentioned and, and items that we mentioned that we could expand on and and have a completely another podcast but i you know i think one of the things i i hear from you audra is as a shop having that person-to-person relationship that that person that that the consumer can go to having yeah it, it, it is it's also bringing it back to the basics right back to, to when people were caring about people which makes me think, you know, all the millennials and the transitions, we're in um, such a virtual world. We're all so caught up in our heads in space, in the, in the cloud. The, the person-to-person connection is, like, hypersensitive. And we, we all know 
um, in, in very intuitive ways because we've transitioned. Right. I believe that bringing it back to people, talking to people, creates an authentic, transparent relationship that takes out the because we all smell it miles away. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, like I said, I mean, we've we've talked about quite a few things and and, and I appreciate the time you, you ladies have have given me this this evening. It's amazing that, you know, we think that because we're such a huge continent and and the issues that we have here where I'm at and the issues you have are, are the very same. This industry is the same all, all across the nation. So, yeah, I, you know, well, real quick, Julia, what's your closing thoughts? What do, what do you want the listener to know about your position in the industry? What do you want the listeners to hear? I want them to hear that we are all people at the end of the day. And the car, the automotive industry isn't going to go away anytime soon or at all for that matter knowledge is power and especially if you're going to be driving every single day it really doesn't hurt to take a workshop and to at least know the basics of your car and not be scared of when you're going into an auto shop very true absolutely and the people that are coming into the industry really you're never going to stop learning you're really not just like how we were talking about there was carburetors distributors, rotors, pickups, and progress to this. And there is more that is coming out. So it's not like you're ever going to get bored. There is different Mm -hmm. positions to be filled in the automotive industry. Like I was saying, it's not just the parts or the counter or underneath the base. There are so many things that you can do. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, yeah, I, you know, like I said, I I appreciate the time you ladies have devoted to us. Uh, You know, I I see a lot of topics that we maybe we can get back together in the future and talk about. Uh, I'm excited about the possibility of that. Audra, what what's your closing? What do you want the listeners to hear? Well, that that depends on who the listener is. You know, for talking to, to sponsors and, and to manufacturers and distributors and people who want to make more of a corporate responsibility change, I'm going to say that right now is the best way to optimize on your investment because the world needs it in a tremendous way. And for, for technicians and, and for opportunities and careers in the auto industry, there's lots of it. Lots and lots and lots. And there's a lot of money to be made. And... You know, the chances of going into into a place that, that you, you like and having it turn into a career are great if you stick to it because we're all hiring. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good words. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I can't express uh, how much uh, we didn't even, you know, uh, Audrey, you, you've published a book. Uh, we didn't even touch on that. Um, but, you know, you're both... Andre, you you show the industry a direction, and, and I'm thankful that you do that. And I'm thankful that you're you're a leader and you're taking those steps. Julia, we we look for great things from you. I mean, being in the industry, just the short time that you have, 
and making the steps you've made, I, I look for great things to come from you. And, and I don't believe I'll dis- be disappointed, especially if Audra's your mentor. So, you know, she's, if you're watching how she operates in the industry and, and kind of follow that and, and add your, your personality to it, I think, I think you have a huge successful future in the industry. So I guess, thank I, you. I, I thank you both. I appreciate it. And uh, like I said, hopefully you'll be able to give me some time in the future uh, so we can catch back up and I can see see the, how things are changing for both of you. I look forward to it. All right. Well, thank you. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to this episode of Technician Academy's podcast series brought to you by Premium Guard Filters and Extend Performance. Be sure to rate us on iTunes or Google Play and visit us online at technician.academy. We are also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Please help us spread our Respect is Learned message by liking and sharing our content on your social media pages. Technician.academy, where respect is learned.